The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hello, Dom. Hi, everybody. Nice to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well. Uh, I'm back from my vacation, folks. You may have missed us last week. We were off uh, another time we, we missed an, uh, uh, an episode early this month because of the holiday and then i took my family to gettysburg where we sweltered in a tent for a week so <laughs> we're Ooh. back and i learned well, some that's always fun yeah I, I learned some actually important technology lessons which i may bring up in a future episode where uh, about uh, how to manage your connectivity when you're at a campground and that sort of thing uh, i had some i had some issues uh, <laughs> but uh, in fact my um app uh, pick of the week is related to our vacation in Gettysburg. So, but I'll, I'll mention that uh, when we get to there. But, but before that, we ha- I had some technology news related to me. I, I was the technology news this week. Uh, Dom as- was a star. He had his fifteen <laughs> minutes really? of fame. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got my fifteen <laughs> minutes uh, uh, plus. I think I'm overtime. But uh, so here's what happened. Uh, a, a couple weeks ago, a priest friend of mine. Uh, for the fourteenth Sunday in Ordinary Time, the Liturgy of the Hours, Office of Readings. Uh, he posted online a quote by St. Augustine from that. And this is the quote. Uh, Augustine says, Let us never assume that if we live good lives, we will be without sin. Our lives should be praised only when we continue to beg for pardon. But men are hopeless creatures, and the less they concentrate on their own sins, the more interested they become in the sins of others. They seek to criticize, not to correct. Unable to excuse themselves, they are ready to accuse others. And that right there is a, a... challenging quote it's certainly challenging i will put it that way absolutely but but is it hate speech well facebook thought so <laughs> so my, my friends uh, had his post taken down by facebook and and they said we took it down because of hate speech and he was baffled and so another priest friend of ours uh father chip Hines, who's often on the uh sqpn network he posted it to see what happened same thing happened and then i said all right i need to get to the bottom of this so i said let me try so I posted it too, and within hours, Facebook mm-hmm. had taken it down, and they put it. They sent me a notice: your post goes against our community standards on hate speech. No one else can see your post. We have these standards because we want discussions on Facebook to be respectful. Okay, so then I took a screenshot of that notice from them, and I posted that. They took that mm-hmm. down. Uh, so I wrote a blog post. Uh, my I'll put a link to my blog post. Uh, in the show notes, and that, and I talked about it on my podcast that I do with my wife Melanie, raising the bets. Uh, this was just before I went on vacation. Great timing, so I had to deal with this. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, they gave they had an appeals process. They they said if, you know if you think this was wrong, you know click here and we'll have a human review it. So obviously this was automated. It's some sort of mm-hmm. algorithm. There are billions of posts on Facebook every day. They can't all be reviewed by human beings. So I said, please have a human review it. Well, I waited a few days and it came back and said, nope, the human says it's still hate speech. And I'm thinking, what? 
So that's when the media got on board. We had some conservative media, uh, Todd Starnes, the, the radio host and uh, uh, columnist. He, he posted something on his site. LifeSite posted it. And then uh, PJ Media, The Blaze, Daily Wire. Uh, it even got so far as the Times of London on Monday. They, they posted it. Uh, they put something in their paper about it. And eventually Facebook relented and they because these outlets were contacting them for comment and they they've said, oh, we made a mistake and they put it back. Uh, yeah, so, funny how that works. So let's talk about the, 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 that the, the, in the first case. Uh, what you know, the idea of having your content blocked as hate speech. Uh, what's what's the first like when when this happens, you know, what what should what should someone do when they post something? I've seen, in fact, today I've seen a few people post some things uh, that have been uh, flagged as hate speech. So let, let's talk about th- that first part, and then we'll talk about um, the 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 problem of even though the post was re- 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 taken out of Facebook jail, so to speak. <laughs> um, the on, what this means for us in the long term. So your first reactions, uh, Joanne. What is your first reaction on hearing this? My first reaction is that I'm totally baffled by all of this um, mm-hmm. because I, I, I kept reading the quote over and over again going, and what is wrong with this? Yeah. Um, I can't see anything there that really would jump out. So it's got to be something in the algorithm. Either it's a combination of words or uh, a phrase that, that they believe is hate speech. But hate speech to me would be a little bit more overt than covert right you know mm-hmm. so are they looking for both overt and covert or are they just looking for the real you know in your face stuff it looks like they're looking for anything that doesn't agree with their bottom line right at least that's what mm-hmm. i'm that's what i'm seeing i've yeah. had stuff taken down and i can't figure out why either that's that's an important point i want to come back to that too because that's i think that's that's the most important point in all of this uh father Corey, what was your reaction uh to what when you heard about this that, you know, I kind of, kind of like Joanne, it's just like, why? And the only thing I can think of, and you, you've probably come to the same conclusion, Dom, it's this could be, you could read this in a certain way to say, well, see, this, this is the alt-right saying you can't call us racist, you can't call us sexist, you can't call us homophobes, you can't call us transphobes, you can't call us the can't, 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 because you need to look at your own problems first. And that's literally the only way that I can read this as stupid of a reading as it is. And I don't agree with it. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's the only way that I can read this quote as anything hate speech. And that still isn't even hate speech. (laughs) No. That's the thing. You might not agree with it. I mean, because there are people on the right who are all those things. There are people on the left who are all those things. There are people in the middle who are all those things. And you can critique that. And the statement doesn't say that. You know, so that's the only thing I could think of. One of the things we, a friend, so a bunch of friends of mine, they tried posting it. Some had it taken down. Some didn't. No one knows why some were and some weren't. That's part of the mm-hmm. problem, uh, the inconsistency. One of my friends, he pulled out one sentence and posted it, and that got taken down. And it was the sentence, but men are hopeless creatures. That was flagged as hate speech. And so the only thing we can guess is that it thinks that is that, that this is some sort of anti-man, sort of like anti-feminist, you know, you know, a rant that it's an anti-man rant or some of some sort. It's some sort of misandry. Uh, mm. I, but even then, it's bizarre. 
Yeah, but yeah. If, they w- if it would have been, but women are hopeless creatures, I could see, you know, somebody screaming about that. Right, but, exactly. you know, just because of our environment. But men well, are hopeless Calling creatures, someone hopeless, that doesn't yeah. sound... I, I just think it's one of those overt, covert things, you know? If, if this looks blatant, we're yeah. going to pull it. And even if it smacks of being blatant, we're going to pull it. And I think that's what, what you're dealing with. And that's this. I think this is the root of the issue here. It's not so much whether Facebook is targeting Christians and Christian uh, beliefs. Perhaps it is. That's 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 one issue. Uh, are they are they as strong? You know, th- I don't think this particular quote was about the fact that it was a, from a Catholic saint. Um, no, I think this no. was this had to do with a, an algorithm just mistaking something, misunderstanding. But I, I think uh, there are other times and other people who've who've had statements of pretty standard orthodox catholic belief that they you know stuff right out of the catechism that has been taken mm-hmm. down but frankly facebook has also taken down the declaration of independence as hate oh, <laughs> Be- yeah, because exactly. of some of the language but i think the big problem here is that facebook's standards their community standards are arbitrary and capricious and th- there is no way to tell whether any particular quote you put up, no matter how anodyne, no matter how uh, banal, mm-hmm. will fall afoul of the Facebook censors and be, you know, be, be put in Facebook jail. Uh, that's my right. big problem with it. Well, and I, I, I would take it even to a higher level. Why exactly is Facebook playing word police? Why is YouTube? Why is Twitter? Why? Why are they having algorithms and i know the reason and i disagree with it and i think it's it's something that needs to change but why exactly are they the ones to say this is hate speech if you think it's hate speech you block the person and you don't ever look at them again right it's that simple right they have to right and i thought we we still had a country where we were had first amendment rights to speech well let, let's well, let's be clear this is a private company okay. that that has created a a public space i get well, that and i understand that there is a pro- there is an issue where these private company owned public spaces have become the public square of today. Right. You have the president of the United States making you know talking to the people of America through these systems. I mean this is this is no longer in fact the the Supreme Court I think recently or or a federal court has ruled that the president can't block people because mm-hmm. he is a public no figure. Politician. Right. Uh, so uh, no. <laughs> So the, you know the, and and other and actually and in fact I think there was a couple of congressmen who ran a follow this too the, them blocking yes. people and that's because we have a new thing here we have this new entity where our free speech is is tied into this public square created by a private company and that's what I think as much as I I don't like the excess of government regulation I feel like that maybe we're getting to a point where the FCC or somebody has to step in and yeah. say, just like our, your local news channel does, you are you are using you know the the public airwaves and therefore you have to give equal time. Maybe there's some some sort of regulation that has to come out to, for this. A better better analogy is, uh, and th- th- this is what the, the the tech companies are trying to do. They're trying to maintain that balance where we are a private company that is not responsible for what people write on our platform, so you can't sue us, right? But but we are a private company that have the right to censor what is put on our platform. Right. They're trying to find that balance. And the better analogy isn't the TV stations, the radio stations. The better analogy is the telephone. 
Yeah. If you picked up the phone right now and called someone and made all kinds of racist, sexist, et cetera, remarks, Bell Telephone cannot cut your line. They are expressly forbidden by regulation right. from doing that. They, they have to allow everyone to use their phones as long as they pay their bills, you know, without any kind of monitoring or blocking. And if, if you harass somebody with a phone call, can they cut you off? No, but that per- but you can be pressed chart. There are charges that can be pressed against you. Legally. And that person could block your, your number from calling them too. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But Bell Telephone cannot. As far as I know, you know, your, your regular telephone company cannot cut your phone line unless, of course, you don't pay the bill or whatever. Is this the landline or do you, do you know if it's the, the cell phone? Any, any. I believe cell phones fall under the same. Someone who is a communications expert would know better than me. But yeah. as far as I know, your cell connection is the same. Now, when you talk about data, that's, that's different. a different story. And needs to be updated. Know, yeah. And needs to be updated. And that's where I think these organizations, these private companies, they re- I think they probably realize they probably got lawyers saying we need to be very careful here because it wouldn't take much for Congress to say, OK, guess what? You guys now are considered public utilities. Yeah. And as, it'd be it'd be no different than someone cutting off. Oh, you're a racist. So we're going to cut off your water. Right. right. <laughs> there mean, are people who would that. like to do this. <laughs> Joanne, what, were you going to make a point? No, I was going to make a point about, um, you know, the thing is, is that we don't we pay for utilities. We pay for phone use. Mm-hmm. We pay for, for cable and data. We don't pay for Facebook yet, but we don't pay for it. So they're still a company unto themselves, but they still don't make clear to us as community as to what constitutes hate speech, what constitutes, you know, if, if, if you, if they had a list of things that said, don't do this, 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 and this, and you still don't follow it. Well, then, yeah, you get thrown in Facebook jail or whatever, but we don't even have a list. And if you think, Everybody's reading all those terms of use. <laughs> Nobody reads the terms of usage anymore. So it could be hidden in there somewhere on page 474. They do describe like what hate, what constitutes hate speech. But even that is 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 so broad as to include right. anything, depending on your point of view, which is which is what it is. You know, I want to go back to something you said. We're, we're not the customer. We're not pay, or we're not paying for Facebook. But in some ways, we are paying for Facebook and Twitter. We're paying with our our attention, our privacy. And I think maybe we need to update some of the ways we view our, the, the economic transactions that our economic transactions with companies. Maybe we shouldn't just be about exchange of currency, exchange of money, but could possibly include exchange of our data, our information, our our attention. Right. I think, you know, we and and. Congress right now is holding hearings, examining these companies, the Googles, the Facebooks, mm-hmm. and even Apple, and looking at what influence they have over us, how much our privacy is uh, is violated or or used by these companies or and not protected. And I think these companies ought to be wary of the government and politicians sweeping in saying, you know what, this has gotten out of hand. We're going to do something about it. And frankly, I think maybe something should be done. Maybe there, maybe it should become clear that this is, you know, maybe we, Father Corey, I think you're right. I think maybe we should say, if you don't like what someone is saying, you don't, you block them, don't look at them, you know, cut them off yourself, but it's not up to these companies to monitor Mm -hmm. the speech. I don't know. I mean, there are certain things that we don't want to be up at all anyway, like, uh, you know, the obvious stuff, the horrific stuff. 
that shouldn't be allowed to be but posted. But the, the question, though, is there are laws for that. We have a civil government whose job it is to handle stuff like that. Right. That if someone posts something that is uh, doxing, where you, you, you pre- release the address and name and everything of a, of a, a private individual. Right. Uh, for the purpose of attacking them. There are laws against that. If you post a threat, a death threat against someone, there's laws against that. If you post hateful speech, there's laws against some of that stuff that you're going to say. Harassment. You know, why is it? Why is it? Why is it Facebook's job? And and by the way, I just looked up. Facebook does have a community standards page, which is a lot. I mean, it 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 reads like a a stereo manual. I mean, it's awful. (laughs) Like a a battalion of lawyers have uh, got down and written it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, but they, they do have a a specific definition of hate speech and they define it as a direct attack on people based on what we call protected characteristics, race, ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all the different lists they would have. We also provide some protections for immigration status. We define attack as violent or dehumanizing speech, statements of inferiority or calls for exclusion or segregation. Okay, so inferiority is hopeless creatures? Yes, exactly. Well, men are hopeless creatures. You're inferior. Again, right. that is so We're broad inferior. as, as oh. to be as to cover potentially anything anyone Everything. says, unless it's the most yes. banal, inoffensive statement. Like anything that anyone says that is at all uh, you know, someone, challenging. Someone could- Someone could post, I hate Doctor Who, and a Brit could get offended and call that hate speech by this definition. Well, but literally, you said the word hate, therefore it's hate speech, you know? I mean, this this definition is so broad as to, and and that's certainly the sort of thing they want to be able to do, is because the lawyer says, we need to make this as broad as possible so that we can can take down things that that could potentially be liability for us. Lawyers always want, you know, uh, which is their job. They want the broadest ground to work on. That's they want all the weapons on their side of the battlefield. But you know this is this is part of the problem. We you know we can't. You know it's better for them to not do this at all than to do this badly. Frankly, yep. I think. All right. Uh, so anything else to say on this uh, before we move on, or just that it's all about the lawyers? I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and that there is a legitimate concern that in the future this could be used for far more than it already is. And I think that's, right. that's the big concern. If you've read anything like Fahrenheit 451, 1984, any of those kind of books, you know where this could lead if it's not watched. And that's why we're raising concern with it. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen where people are being censored and shut down uh, in blocked from these services, not just having particular posts taken down, but, but banned from Twitter and Facebook permanently, f- permanently for saying things that are, Orthodox Catholic teaching, things about human sexuality, things about uh, the life, uh, life issues. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is, you know, and like I said before, Facebook and Twitter are the public square of today. If you're if you're removed from them, you are being you know handicapped in your ability to communicate with people. And it's only going to get more important to be in these areas in the future, not less. So it is yep. it is concerning. And what it'll do, I think, in the in the long run, is splinter us, because we'll end up having to create something like a Catholic Facebook, right? In order to talk to people our already own are. people who feel like us, and that's just going to splinter society and not bring them together. It creates silos. That so yep. actually, let's talk about that for a second, because that was one of the things people kept telling me in the midst of this is, well, go join uh, MeWe. I, I think that's how yep. you pronounce it. Or uh, or there's there's been some attempts to create. Um, Catholic versions of 
social media. Oh, there was one. De- Deo Space, D E O. There was like I Ostruck was one that yeah. recently folded. And yeah, they 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 never seem to last. And the problem with a lot of these is nobody's there. Uh, I mean, yeah. this this is right. the this is the the problem is is it's it's the chicken and egg problem. It, there's nothing going on there until people show up there, but no one will show up there until there's something going on there. Exactly. And so all my friends and family are on Facebook, and frankly. I have friends who aren't Catholic. I have family who, you know, being on a Catholic social media network would not interest them. No. I, I want to stay in contact with them. I want to connect with them. I want to read stuff about things that aren't particularly related to Catholicism that I, I don't want to live in a silo. And, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the problem with, with that. And as you, as you alluded to, so, um, you know, that there, yes, there are alternatives, but there are, it's a lesser situation. It's second class, frankly. Uh, do either of you belong to any of, any of these uh, secondary social networks? I'm I'm on MeWe, but I don't really look at it very often. I just don't because I've got friends there and stuff, but I don't really look at it too closely. Right. Same here. Yeah, and I barely keep up with Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> that's about it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just forget to go check out MeWe, just like I yeah used and to I've, forget I've, to check I've, out Google Plus. <laughs> I, I actually I need to stop promoting my Twitter handle on Let's Talk because I don't look at it anymore. It's so right yuck. <laughs> I know I I occasionally dip into Twitter, but uh, I quickly, you know, it, I have to. Uh, well, I mean, like we were saying earlier, I have to use the the unfollow and ban block button more than I do. Yes. And maybe that's a lesson for Same all of here. us is you know if we want these these places to be nicer places for us to live. We need to do a better job of curating what we see. And and that, that was a good advice I always got from Father Roderick von Hogan, uh, mm-hmm. was that he curates his Facebook list in, in, in people he follows because he doesn't want to see he doesn't want to see American politics. He's he's Dutch, doesn't interest him, <laughs> doesn't want to see American sports, doesn't interest him. So he very carefully, you know, cultivates that. And, and there, there are tools for doing that without unfollowing everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think I've talked about F, uh, Facebook purity extension before, but, uh, that might be a future pick of the week if I haven't. So I'll, I'll look into that again. All right. So let's, that's, that's enough about that topic. Let's move on to our second topic of the week. It's the other face issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you were on Facebook or Twitter last week, you probably saw a lot of people who looked preternaturally old, older than they, than they uh, actually are. Or if you're me, um, you look younger in your old picture, but uh, there was a, there's an app that uh, is around since 2017 that people rediscovered had an update that can make you look older. You take a picture of yourself and then it uses the AI and the algorithms and whatnot. And it, and it ages you. And this is what you look like in 10 years or 20 years or whatever. Um, most people were horrified uh, as you, because, <laughs> because some of them looked really bad. And uh, yeah. and so that went around as as they do, and then suddenly people started warning. Uh, by the way, the warning said, "This company is a Russian company." And you know what that means? It means <sighs> that the Russians are going to have your your uh, picture in your face. Putin data. himself uploaded it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then there was the warning that oh, the terms of service say that they they own your photo now and they can do anything they want with it. And then other people said they're uploading all of your photos from your phone. And we've gotten to the point now where we are having a U.S. Senator, Chuck Schumer, calling for an FBI Ah. investigation into FaceApp. 
So first, Father Craig, have you have you used the app? Did you download it? I did not. Okay. I did not. It just didn't interest me. What am I going to look like when I'm old? Just older than I do now. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. In fact, um, I, I I downloaded it. I, I did the face app thing. I posted it. It was funny. It, it, you know, it's got all these filters and you can buy extra filters and stuff. And that doesn't interest me all, you know, all that much. But I just thought it was curious. So I did it here. Here's the let's let's kind of go through the, the, the worries. Uh, what does did any of this worry either of you? This stuff does this sort of thing. Do you worry about um, what apps are doing with your data in general? I do, but I also am very selective. Like you were saying, Father Roderick curates his his, you know, the people that he follows up. I curate the apps. So if, if I'm using something for work, yes, those apps I, I perfectly vet well before I put them on. If it's just kind of, you know, stuff that's around, I might try it depending on how many other people are trying it and what their results are. I almost succumb to downloading the face <laughs> app, but I just turned 60 and I don't want to know what I look like in 20 years. So I, I, to me, it was just not something that I wanted to even, yeah. you know, entertain. But to find out that there's a lot of, you know, information leaking from all these things doesn't surprise me at all. I, I think they came out with one that said, and I can't remember the name of it offhand right now, that one is leaking more information to people than the space app is. So I just try to vet what I use and that's it. I mean, that's about the best I can do. Look, they've got my info. I'm, you know, I'm on, I have Gmail. They've got my info. That's the thing. So let's talk first about some general principles. You know, when you download an app, what do you, you know, it, they often ask for permissions only give the the permissions that you that it absolutely needs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a, an app like this needs to have the permission to use the camera, so you give that permission. Does it need your con? Like if, when it, a lot of apps will say, "Let us look at your address book or your contacts, and then we'll see if any of your friends are on here." Okay, you yeah. know what that does? That then gives all of the information about everyone in your address book, their phone numbers, their addresses, potentially birth dates, to that developer. That's Unless unless you're using an app that is a address book app and you trust that app, don't do that in general. Yep. Um, yeah, I never, ever click that because yeah. it is not my information to give. Exactly. My friends give me their my contacts, give me their information. Really not mine to give unless I ask them. I'm not going to ask all of them. Do you want me to do this? So they never get it. Always, always stop and think before you click. Okay, to all of those permissions requests. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first thing. Just use your brain. That's your best tool. Do I need to give up this information? Do they need it? Mm. I do that for everything, especially like when an when an app or a website or something wants to access, wants to, you know, log me in using my Facebook account or my Google oh, account. Yeah, you know, just, I hate that. Yeah, and I look. I always look at what is the information they're asking for, and if I see stuff that like if they're looking for my profile or people i'm friends with i uncheck that and if they don't let me uncheck mm -hmm. it i don't use it i i won't right and one thing i do is i have a a gmail account specifically for this purpose to log into places and mm -hmm. that's the email account i give them i don't give them the one i'm using for work or for or my personal one i give them basically the dummy one that's and good. i always sign in with email never on facebook never on google always right. email. yes that's a good that's a good practice. And that's what I started doing is uh, the convenience of signing in using your Facebook or, or Google account uh, is, is is high. 
but the the cost can be high as well. You know, instead use a good password manager and a good password. So uh, one of the things to know is well, this is what I did. I downloaded FaceApp, used it, la- you know, uploaded it to my Facebook, had a good laugh, and then I deleted the, the app from my phone. That's mm-hmm. it. Once that app is off your phone, it no longer has any access or control over no. your phone, your camera, your photos, anything. Okay, so that's it's gone. Yeah, so that's one thing. Um, another thing, people talked about the terms of service, and the terms of service in the fa- in Face app are identical to the terms of service in a lot of other apps in app stores. You you just haven't noticed before because you don't read them. Nobody reads them, uh, and. While it says we can use your stuff for anything, it doesn't actually give them unlimited rights to your photo or your image. So those are, those are the first two points. That was the big uproar with Facebook and Instagram a few years ago, that their terms of service say the same thing, that if you upload a photo, they have the right to use the photo as they see fit. Right. And, that's, and that was a big uproar a couple of years ago that everybody obviously has forgotten because they were the same exact terms of service. And it's lawyer speak. I mean, what they're saying is, is don't sue us if we use the photo the way, it, you know, the way you w- expected us to use it during, in the service. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if we if we made up a commercial and your photo ends up in the commercial, you can't sue us. That's basically right. what it means as part of the service. But I think even then you still would have you might have grounds to sue uh, if they didn't get your permission. You, the, that's the point with these is it doesn't mean you can't, still can't sue them. It, it just means mean, you probably won't right. be successful. Well, you may or may not be successful depending on the quality of your lawyer. <laughs> but I think people forget that we are in control of our information. Right. You know, everybody is so free to put up, you know, last night's um, dinner or, you know, all my kids out, out in my pool. And they forget that you're putting all this information, not just for your friends, even though you may have clicked that off, but other people can get access to this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have friends yeah. with children who now have their own children, and they're very careful. They're taking pictures of their kids from the back, you know, not showing faces. And they're doing it purposely because they want to give their kids some privacy. So people need to remember that they're in control of what information they put out there. Right. Right. And, and in the, the church, one thing we've been doing, and we make it part of our annual sign up for religious education is there is a statement there where the parents can request that they're, and we do it as an opt out because we know that most parents aren't going to care. They're going to actually like to see the pictures on Facebook and, you know, send to grandma and everything. But we do have a place where they can initial as an opt out that then if their kids are in a photo, that photo cannot be used. Right. Right. Do you have it's just that family situations where, you know, they don't want, you know, whatever, there are family situations. Whatever, well, whatever reasons why they don't want their kids on Facebook, which I know people who who feel that way that, you know, like you said, you know, taking the pictures so you don't see the kids. There's that privacy. Right. So we give them, you know, we give them the opportunity to say, no, I don't want this. Okay, not a problem. And we've never had anybody do it yet, but that doesn't mean it doesn't, it, it's not available to them if they want it. That's a good point. That's very good. So one of the things that, that, that people said was, is, oh, the Russians, you know, because, okay, let's just back up a sec. It, just because it's a Russian company does not mean that the the successor to the KGB, the FSB, or yeah. or the GRU, or whoever, the Russian government intelligence agencies, automatically have access to it. Just because it's a Russian company doesn't mean it's a front for Russian spies. <laughs> oh, come okay. on, come on, Dom. Like, like I said earlier, Putin himself personally uploaded this to right. the app stores. 
Now, the other thing is, is oh, the, the Russians now have your facial data. Here, here's a clue. If your photo is online anywhere, anywhere, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, in, you know, Google, you, the, if it's in a public place, the Russians, the Chinese, and the Martians all have access to your facial data. <laughs> they don't need you to upload a photo. And it's probably been run through many pro facial recognition programs at this well, point. Right. And you've you've walked around in public. You walk down the street. They have your facial data. You go into the post office. They have your facial data. I'm sorry. You're you're in facial recognition databases all over the world. If you've done anything short of living in middle of nowhere, Montana. Right. Well, that's why you <laughs> might want to live in middle of nowhere, Montana. But yeah. even there. Even there. You right. never oh, know. No, no I, I can find some places where I can guarantee you they cannot get facial recognition from you. <laughs> exactly. There's well, nothing else out there but cows. <laughs> there so, you go. In fact, if you go to certain airports and you go through the TSA checkpoint, and you, you know, most places you have to show your driver's license. Some of them now, don't, they don't require it because they already have your face from the driver's license database yes. and other places. They already they know who you are before you get there. They're using cast off Xbox connects. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Yeah. The TSA bought a whole bunch of them from Microsoft. I just saw the article the other day and they're using it for that purpose. Yep. So, so that, that so that part of the, the, the scare over a face app is, is not really relevant or, or real. Uh, another one is, is this whole thing about they're uploading your entire photo library. Well, the, you know, how, you know how big your photo library is on your phone. It would take hours to upload your photo library, and they don't want it. Why would they want your photo, li- your photos of your food? Um, but also, security researchers after this all came out, they they looked at it. They they have the tools, and they determined that the app only uploads the photo you select that you want to have the fun th- stuff done to, and no other photo. That's just clear. They don't have access to the other stuff. And if you want, if you want proof of that, look at your cell data usage most people i hate to say it most people do not connect to wi-fi because we've got good you know like i've got unlimited data you know it's unlimited you know at 22 gigabytes they'll slow it down or whatever right. but it's unlimited data essentially unlimited i'm sorry my yeah. photo my photo library would kill that in about an hour right mm. right so you, yeah so that that's not happening one thing is it, it's if you have an iphone the iphone version that is a bit more locked down this is the the uh, walled garden aspect of it it, mm-hmm. the, the lockdown security does protect you in general a little more than Android does. But if you just use good security hygiene, uh, you're protected either way. You know, just again, don't give permissions that you don't need to delete apps when you're when you're not using them. If you don't if, if you're just trying them out, that sort of thing. Um, but the, the fact is, is in the end, it, it, it seems to me this is more tech phobic hysteria perpetrated by. Media organizations who don't really understand tech, but who really yep. want to get clicks, they, and they know that this sort of thing gets clicks. And it, it it includes the you know continuing story of Russia, Russia, Russia. Right, the red scare yeah. that we want to run up there. Yes. So you know you you you're engaging in riskier behaviors every day, and and frankly, maybe we should we're going to talk some more. And this is one of the things we talk about on this show is how to keep ourselves safe online. Good security practices, good privacy practices, uh, but if you used FaceApp, you, you're not, you didn't expose yourself to anything that you ha- that you're not already exposed to online. So no worries about that. Um, as for uh, Chuck Schumer and his FBI investigation, <sighs> uh, I, you know, frankly, I, I think he is he was misled by one of his 
staffers or something. It, it's political theater. It's flat out political theater. Right. It's just he's got to get in out there. I'm doing something. Exactly. Here, here's a hint to our congressional officials. Stop doing something. Just stop. <laughs> right. Please. I don't care what it is. Just stop. <laughs> just do the job you were hired to do. Right. Forget about something. Do the job you were hired to do. Exactly. exactly. Right. Right. All right. So anything else you all get? You, do either of you want to say on FaceApp or this sort of privacy nope. security uh, at this time? I mean, I'm sure we'll be coming back to this, but uh, um, we'll have and we'll have a bunch of links for you. Uh, some good information about this, as usual, in the show notes. Uh, before we go to our picks of the week, I had something come up that uh, just before we started recording that I thought I'd mention as sort of a tip of the week. Uh, my my brother's been having trouble uh, connecting with his email on his uh, on his computer. He's got a Mac. Um, but he hasn't had trouble with his phone or his wife's iPad, uh, just his laptop. And we we kind of were doing some troubleshooting over the phone. And here's what we, I think it is. He has both. Uh, he has Comcast as his cable company. Um, and he has and it, the Comcast modem has Wi-Fi built into it. But he also has a separate router that he uses for Wi-Fi as well. And so. Both of them are working as Wi-Fi routers, mm-hmm. and that's I think might be the crux of the problem. He's right now he's gonna he's turning off one of them. Uh, if you have two Wi-Fi radios working at the same time, they will interfere with each other. The way I put it is, it it's two people blindfolded in a dark room running around in circles. Eventually, they're gonna run into each other, and that's yeah. kind of how it works. Yeah. Well, it's, you got to remember Wi-Fi is radio frequency. It's no different than a radio station. Like, you know, we've we've all been places where there are two radio stations that are at the same frequency, kind of at the edge of reception of both of them. And you hear them both interfering. Um, You know, it's the same kind of thing. You know, this is different than like I've got a dual band Wi-Fi router where it's the 2.4 G and the 5 G. Those are completely separate frequency ranges. They will not interfere with each other at all. But you can have a neighbor right next door who's on the same frequency. Yes. You know, so like frequency 10 of the 2.4 G spectrum, that, you know, one of those frequencies. If they're both the same frequency, you're going to have points where you're going to have clashes between the two of them. And I think that's part of it is so I think the the iPads and iPhones, newer ones, are just our 5G. Um, I think mm. his his Mac might be old enough that it's 2.4 gigahertz. 2.4 inch. Sure. So okay. I, I think that is why. And then um, I think there might be another router that's either either the two routers in the same room or a neighbor has a new router perhaps um, that might be interfering on those channels. So I suggested to him, turn off the, the Wi-Fi on one of the two routers. That's just good practice in general. So mm-hmm. I said, turn off the one on the, on the cable modem and just use the airport one that he, that he has. Um, and then um, try connecting the MacBook with a cable when you're sitting at your desk. I mean, that's just, it's just faster. Anyway, a cable will always be faster than over the air. Um, and then if that doesn't solve it, um, there's some software out there. I use a, an app on the Mac called Wi-Fi Explorer, um, and there's a couple others like it, uh, that will show me all of the Wi-Fi that my my laptop or my computer can see from where it is and the channels that they're using. And you can t- kind of see, you know, and the strength of those signals. And you can see, okay, those are same channels. They're, they're, that one's pretty strong. That's probably interfering. And then you can do things like change channels and that sort of stuff. Different routers have different abilities to do that. So that's see, I've got I've got some similar Wi-Fi analyzer on Android where it'll actually show you a chart too, where it shows like, you know, the frequency strengths. So you can see because you can have two where they're like 
to the you know channel four, channel five. Well, they're right next to each other and they can interfere with each other if they're both strong signals. But if you move to channel eight, one of them, then all of a sudden your problems go away because now you're not conflicting. It's really cool where it shows you the different curves of the frequencies. Exactly. And I don't think people realize how far routers broadcast. I mean, I could leave my house and drive halfway down my street and I'm still connected to my Wi-Fi in my house. (laughs) So think about your neighborhood where you've got all of these Wi-Fi signals overlapping each other. And in fact, uh, that can, that in itself can be a problem that, that uh, the fact that it stays connected. I, when I use uh, Waze, the driving app, um, when I start it up in my driveway, it's connected to my Wi-Fi. And then as I drive away, it loses that. And it's, mm-hmm. then it suddenly can't tell me, you know, I mean, I know where I'm going at the end of my street usually, <laughs> but yeah. sometimes the app will crash uh, because of that handoff. And it gets confused. So, you know, that, that it's an issue that out there, but so Wi-Fi, you know, uh, Wi-Fi collision, shall we say is a, is an issue out there. So that's, that's my tip of the week for um, just, you know, checking if you have problems like that with, and his showed up as unable to send an email, but what it really was is sporadically inconsistently losing his Wi-Fi signal. So uh, sometimes things can, can take up different forms as well. So excellent. So let's move on to our picks of the week, shall we? Um, Father Corey, why don't we start with you? I think we have a, a theme from you over the last few weeks. The last what, few games? Times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or specifically this, this, this uh, franchise. Hmm, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so obviously I am a Nintendo fan and have always been and grew up with the NES and all that. I've, I know I've done picks of the, you know, the NES Mini and the uh, Switch and things like that. Well, Nintendo just recently came out with another free-to-play game, uh, Super Mario World, or Dr. Mario World, Dr. Mario World, excuse me. And uh, it's another one of these, you know, match the three, uh, match the three colors, and it takes care of things. But it's the same basic idea of the old Dr. Mario game from Nintendo, from the NES, where, you know, you, you threw the pills in there, and then it would, you could rotate them and get them connected to the, the germs, and we kill off the germs. And of course, to go to the next level, you got to kill off all the germs. It is a little bit different. You know, the original was, you know, like Tetris, where you start at the top and the pills fell down. This one, you start, they start at the bottom, and they float up, and they're more, more puzzles than they are just random, you know, germs scattered throughout the screen. But it's a lot of fun because it is that puzzle aspect of, okay, you've got these, these germs, you know, and you got it. If you do it this way, you can get more germs with less pills and things like that. So it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Cool. The, you know, the music is kind of updated versions of the classic Dr. Mario music and stuff like that. You can even be Dr. Bowser. You can be different <laughs> characters from the Super Mario world. So anyways, it's a lot of fun. I've been I've been enjoying it. It is uh, the caveat being it is a free to play game. So like the first round or the first set of levels you can do. You know, you get unlimited lives, but then once you get to the next level, you only get five lives and you got to wait for those to refill unless you pay money, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's that kind of thing. All those games are like that. But you know what? That's fine. You take a half an hour. You use all your lives. You set set it aside. Tomorrow you come back and do it again. Very nice. You you know, speaking of games like that, uh, this isn't my pick, but I just want to piggyback on yours. Um, Catholics of Oz, uh, our host, Lindsay Sant, picked. Uh, an app recently called uh, Rumble Stars, which is a lot of fun, and I've been playing it. It's mm. a sort of a soccer style little app that uses animals that are uh, anthropomorphized, nice. and it's it's kind of fun. But we have an SQPN team uh, there, so if you oh, if you cool. download the Rumble Stars game on your phone 
uh, uh, and you want to join one of the teams, uh, check out, look for the uh, SQPN team uh, just for fun. That's funny. Yeah. So, in fact, I think we should do this for any games where we're, we're playing that has like teams or guilds or clans or anything like that, is we should always have an SQPN uh, a guild or clean, uh, clan or team or whatever. So, and then just let us know about that it or let other people know so they can join in. So, but good, good, good pick there, Father Corey. I like that. Uh, Joanne, what's your pick of the week? Well, I've almost got a theme running right now, but that's because it's that time of, the, of, of every two years when I start to look at our cable bill and go, can we do any better? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's that time. So, this time I decided, um, since I had an extra an extra monitor floating around. I wanted to put an outside and, you know, an antenna on it and see what I could do over the air. So I picked the Mohu Leaf 30 TV antenna. This is an indoor antenna. You stick it either on the wall or in your window. And of course they say it's, it's, it is paper thin, believe it or not. It, it doesn't feel like it's much bigger than an eight and a half by 11 thickness paper. Hmm. You can paint it if that's your thing. It is 4k ready. So it's good on, on TVs that are current. But what I did was I attached it to my wall and put it on the TV and I picked up, now this might not sound a lot, I picked up 17 very strong channels in the area. Now the, the Mohu sells it in 30, 40, and 60, which means those are the mileage away from your house mm-hmm. that you can be able to pick things up. So right now I'm picking a lot of Providence stations, local stations. I haven't gotten into the Boston ones yet, but they come in clear. And it's it's looking to me like this can be an alternative pretty soon to uh, my local cable company. Because if the bill keeps going up, I'm about <laughs> ready to cut the cord. And my TiVo happens to be one where I can attach an antenna to it. Oh, good. And pick mm-hmm. up over the air. So right now I'm just experimenting on one TV, but if that works and I can convince the husband to put down his his remote and, you know, not look for his 300 and some odd channels, this might be a good, and I got it, believe it or not, on Prime Day sale for $16. Wow. Hmm. Right right now it's 30 and that's a good price on Amazon. But I, I figured, hey, $16, that's not a bad deal. So... I suggest the Mohu Leaf 30 TV antenna if you're looking to cut the cord. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but uh, that's that's a great pick. Uh, and, you know, you got to make sure you have a tuner in whatever you're connected to, but, uh, you know, a TV tuner. But, um, yeah, I've been looking at a lot of this myself over the years, and one of these days I'm going to cut the cord. And you can buy tuner boxes. So, like, my TV in my living room is is a display. It is not a technical TV because it doesn't have a built-in tuner. But you can buy these little tuner boxes again from Amazon for about twenty twenty five bucks. They do the job well. Um, if you you know if you do need you know Discovery and CNN and all those other channels, you can do something like uh, Hulu, Directv Now. Um, there's uh, all these different pay services. You uh, YouTube TV things Sling like that. Sling TV is another Sling, Sling TV, TV Directv yep. Now. All those will. They're different prices, but again, watch it when you start to put them together because. Almost can look like your cable bill. Right. Yeah, and that's just it. It's like, but if you pick one, you can you may be able to find one that has ninety percent of the channels you like for Unless. cheap. Yeah, yeah, you won't find everything on one service. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a box that I've been looking at called the Home Run TV Tuner. I think it is that mm-hmm. um, that it'll, it it does the it's an HD TV tuner, but it also can connect to your computer. 
and you know you can potentially save stuff to like plaques and that sort of stuff so there's 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 stuff out there you can oh there's always gadgets you can you can buy to 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 feed that habit but uh, that's a good one yeah for those of us by the way who are over the age of about 40 uh 17 channels sounds like plenty to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's it used to but not anymore (laughs) Well, you know, of course, what's funny here is uh, that's what I've done is I, I don't have one of these in towns. I've got a different one that's actually mounted up on my roof and it, it picks up 13, but a lot of them are duplicates because they're things that uh, like um, what, it, what is one of there's like a, a Western channel. There's kind of a sitcom channel and they're, they're repeats from other locations. Okay. So. It's not impressive, but you know, you get the big four. All right. You can get the, 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 yes. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten into that yet because I need a stronger antenna to do that. So uh, my pick this week is related to my vacation last week. I I mentioned we went to Gettysburg uh, with the family to the battlefield there in the National Military Park. And it's a, it's really interesting. You, you, you basically, it's a place you drive around and it has all of the, the sites of the battle are there and there's monuments everywhere. And it, it could be very confusing, but one of the things that they've done is they have an auto tour where you could drive around and you could, you could hire a guide who gets in your car and drives around with you. That's a little expensive. Uh, n- not too bad, but it's, it's, it's one way. Uh, you could also get a, a bus. You, could, then the, you have a bus with a guide. Uh, but we opted to do the cheap way because that's, you know, <laughs> the way we do things. Um, the, <laughs> at the gift shop, they sell the Gettysburg Auto Tour Field Guide. And it comes with both an app and a CD that contains audio. And one of the nice things about, about it is that you have this guide who it, it tells you the, the, the tour, you know, is an audio tour. It says, okay, start in the parking lot, tells you some stuff. Okay, now pause it till you get to stop one. And then you go, you, you listen to that, and it goes on and on through it, and which it was really great. It was, it was the best, you know, uh, 25, I think $30 I spent all week because it really gave us an overview of the whole battlefield, which is awesome. Uh, but I have a caveat on that, which is the app, you, there's an app for Android and for iPhone that you can get. And the app would be nice because it gives you the GPS. So you just follow the G- the GPS knows where you are and automatically plays from the location you're at. I could not get the app to work. I could not get it to download the <laughs> tour to my phone. So you download the app, you give it a code, and then it's supposed to download the tour. I could not get it to work. It drove me crazy. I, and I thought maybe it's because I'm not on my home Wi-Fi. I'm on cell phone. You know, maybe that's it. I get home. It still doesn't work. So I don't know what the deal is. Hmm. With that. So ignore the app. But the the CD was perfectly fine. Um, and as far as the, you know, driving from spot to spot, it can be a little confusing. The maps that they give you kind of wind all over the place. But what I found is, is if you have Waze, the GPS app, the navigation app, it has all of the points of interest from the battlefield. And I'm sure from other national parks as in it. So what I would do is I'd say, okay, auto tour one uh, or auto tour stop one, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania would come up as the first one. So I drive to that. Okay. Go to auto tour two, three. And then if they went off from the auto tour, there was like, there's a a part of the battlefield called devil's den, which is not on the uh, auto tour, uh, the regular auto tour, but they said, you know, go to devil's den. So I just entered devil's den takes me right there. So a couple of tips and a pick, um, Buy the field guide in the bookstore, in the bookstore, or if you follow our link, it's actually like ten bucks cheaper uh, uh, directly from them. If you if you know you're going to be going to Gettysburg, you can get even cheaper. So uh, don't use the app. Use the CD player, especially if you have a CD player in your car, or 
get it at home and rip the CD onto your phone. That might be another way of doing it. So you could just play one one track at a time versus having to try to pause your car's stereo. Exactly. That's that. That was uh, that's also what can be an issue. Um, we got once we figured out our car's CD stereo um controls because we never use the CD player in the car. Uh, <laughs> so don't use the app. Use the CD if even if you have to rip it, and use ways to figure out how to get around the park. And this goes. They have field guides for many uh places many attractions many national parks and other things uh so that's that guide comes from a company called travel brains so that was my pick of the week uh so before we finish up i do have a little bit of feedback from some listeners on our last show people really liked our show that we did on uh, tech for bookworms uh and uh so i just want to read some of the the, the feedback uh, marika donders who's a friend of uh, sqpn longtime listener she said uh she loves her kindle paperwhite and also loves the fact that she can borrow library books from the New York Public Library since, as she says, I am a resident of New York State. Also, you can download books from formed.org if your parish subscribes. Uh, Father Corey, I know you've picked Formed uh, in the past yes. as, a, as yes. a pick of the week. Excellent. Excellent Catholic resource. Right. They have a lot of great Catholic uh, resources, including books uh, and other stuff. Uh, so that was good. Thank you, Marika. Uh, Mark Carey says, uh, uh, says, I usually purchase the ebook on my Kindle for iPad. If I feel it needs to survive the inevitable uh, electromagnetic pulse attack, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, which we see in apocalyptic movies all the time. He says, uh, I'll purchase the physical book. The exception to my rule is anything by Jimmy Aiken. I purchase both right out of the gate. This way I can give away the physical copy to someone and most likely repurchase it. I got to support my peeps. He says, and yes, uh, I agree. It buy everything by Jimmy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, definitely. And he uh, did not pay us as co-hosts of the Secrets of Star Trek and Secrets of Doctor Who to say that. <laughs> yes, and uh, and you, and if you like that, you can also listen to Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World podcast I did with him. Uh, we have some great <laughs> stuff there too. So uh, now that I've plugged everything, uh, and then uh, one last message. Uh, this one's from Diane Korzeniewski. Korzeniewski. Sorry, Diane. I'm I'm not I'm no good with uh, Polish names. Sorry. Uh, she said I was never a reader until I got my first Kindle. I've had several, and my favorite now is my Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, so thank you, uh, Diane. Yes, I, I, same here. I mean, I was a reader, but the Kindle really has, has uh, upped my game recently. And then, I'm sorry, I had one last email. This was the uh, last email. was from John Scrivo, who sent an email. I had read a few years back that some studies suggested that people who read physical books had better attention than those who read ebooks. It seems, however, that those studies are not conclusive. I, I, that's my guess. Well, He has a link. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, but uh, I, I think I agree. I think it depends on the person. Um, and then he said, uh, do most listeners know the airplane mode trick to keep overdrive books longer? Overdrive is the library system. You can borrow ebooks from your library. He says, my library only gives 14 days and I can't ever finish the books in time without switching on airplane mode on my Kindle. Uh, so he switches on airplane mode, therefore on the, on the Kindle, and therefore it won't uh, delete it. It can't, it can't dial back to the, the main servers and, Say, oh, you've had this too long. Time to t cut it off. Right. So it's, it's an interesting trick. I'm not, I'm not sure. If the, I think it's probably kosher. Let's, let's say it's kosher. Uh, and then, uh, Thanks for the tip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, one of my favorite things about e-readers like the Paperwhite is being able to read in bed at night with the lights off, which my wife appreciates. Yes, that is actually really good. It has a, the built-in backlight. Uh, and then he says, I like Amazon's idea of letting someone purchase the ebook for a few bucks if they purchase the paper version through Amazon. This would be convenient for people who like paper, but also don't want to carry a lot of books when they read. That's Amazon has a, a program called Matchbook, 
where if you've mm. purchased the paper book from them, if they're if the publisher participates, and that's a caveat, you mm. can then buy the ebook for a very low additional cost. But I found that uh, most of the books I've purchased were not available through Matchbook. No. And that, that's, that's something publishers need to, to recognize. Of, first of all, this gets you a little bit more. It's better to get a little more money for yes. a second copy then, via ebook than it is no money. Because, yeah, you give me the choice of, say, 2 or $3, $4 maybe after I've bought this $20 book. I'll spend that. Yeah. But if I have to spend another $10 for the e-copy of that, nah. I'm not going to do that. Not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. If you give me a deal, I'll, I'll do it. So you could get a few bucks, but you're not getting it all. And then uh, finally he says, uh, I, I still like children's book, books on paper. I don't want to use the device for bedtime stories. It's also really mm. nice to be able to donate them or pass them on to friends or grandkids. I, I agree, actually. We, we still do all children's uh, paper books. Just um, yep. it's, Even though That's they good. get destroyed, they, they still, <laughs> there's still something good about that. It's easier to destroy a ten dollar children's book than it is a hundred dollar Kindle. So <laughs> exactly. Although True. my uh, my son has been uh, reading an ebook on a on an iPad every night uh, lately uh, because we all we, we only had the book in uh, e, uh, Kindle version, um, and so mm. we've we've had to be monitoring that and you know being careful. Okay, here it is. This is the only thing you open on this in this iPad. If you open anything else, if you start playing a game in bed. You will not get a chance to read this at all in bed every night. So, <laughs> so we have to be careful with that one. But he's been good about it. We, we've I've double checked and he's been good about it. All right. So that uh, that's our feedback. Thank you so much, everyone, for your feedback. Before we wrap up, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Technology, including this week, Ninth Hour Design, Alfredo B., Joe T., Kenny D., and Aaron B., their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows we do at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What do you think of our discussion of Facebook's censorship of St. Augustine or the Facebook, uh, face app freakout that everyone had? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. You can leave comments there or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And like I said, we'll have relevant links for everything in our discussions on our show notes at sqpn.com. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Yeah, glad to be here. And thanks, Dom. And Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Pleasure and honor as always. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs>